0: in Ukraine, um, lady pregnant with the esophagus, and we prayed, we're excited about that, God's going to do things, and now I want you to clear everything out for at least the next little bit so that you can hear God talk to you. Uh, we're going to have a preacher come in and share God's word to you, but God's going to try to get to you, um, to your heart with a preacher uh, that I'm excited about hearing tonight. Uh, Brother Jerry Jordan's going to come and preach for us, but just clear everything out. Let the word of God minister to your heart, to your hurt, uh, to your needs, because um, God wants to help us. And Brother Jordan's the messenger tonight. Amen. I don't know why I am so nervous tonight. Uh, I preached uh, in July, I think, for teen camp, and half the people weren't even here. So I think we've got a lot more people tonight. So I'm a little, little bit more nervous tonight. And I think because not going to be controversial it's it's different it's not the way i was thinking uh, rob and i were talking about how you're digging in there and you're seeing more and more on sunday and uh, as i was digging in this i'm like hmm this is not exactly what i was thinking right and so if i'm wrong pastor can correct me uh mitchell if we get any phone calls they're on you can take handle those last july he got a phone call from somebody that was live streaming and wasn't too happy with me. So anyway, uh, Romans chapter 5. And you'll see where I'm going tonight with this. I had heard a preacher say something during his message when we were on vacation. And I was like, hmm, that's a good way to uh, uh, to state that. And so they got me digging into what he said. And so, you know, this isn't necessarily what he preached. I'm sure there might be pieces we're over the same text, Um, but you'll see where I'm going with that here in a moment. But uh, Romans chapter 5, I should get there myself, Uh, all right, verse 1, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your goodness to us, Lord. And I just pray you calm my nerves. Lord, I just pray my uh, speech will be clear. Uh, Lord, you know I've bathed this in prayer, and Lord, I believe I'm right on this. Uh, but Lord, I just pray that I get this across uh, properly, and Lord, that you be honored and glorified in it. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, I wrote an introduction. I was kind of thinking where I was going to go with this. So my introduction like eh, it may not necessarily apply. Originally, my title was going to be Faith Endures, right? And it can still apply. That's kind of my main point. Uh, But, Josiah, my titles are standing. So, you know, there's a connection between a true believer, a true Christian, not a worldly Christian, right? Um, As the world would use the word Christian, and this this idea of enduring. Um, And we want a faith that honors God. And so I believe there's a connection between our faith and enduring. Um, so if you look at the definition of an enduring, it's to, to last. It's permanent. And so can a true believer ever be lost, right? That's the question. What, ins- what assurance do we have that endurance will happen? Um, we don't know what the future is going to hold, right? We don't know what's coming down the line, um, but we can be sure, or can we be sure our faith will endure? Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's been other messages of, People talk, uh, preaching about your faith, you know, I'm sure you're endures. So I'm going a little different with this tonight, but you'll see. But uh, could someone, could some unknown thing break your faith? Right? Break our faith. Um, and so that's what I want to talk about tonight. So we got Romans chapter 5. We got Paul here writing uh, about justification here. Um, and I, th- I really think this applies. So we got essentially three points, a few subpoints on the on the third one. The first two points are going to be quick, uh, but first one: our standing due to an accord. Our standing brings access, and then our standing is assured. Right. So, um, verse one. Let's read that again. Therefore, brethren, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I needed an A accord, like a peace accord, right? A tree, a treaty. Um, you know, the world might, have a, uh, might sign a peace treaty or some accord, but, you know, they break it. Nobody ever holds to their word. Um, you know, in our natural state, we're enemies of God, Right? We have a dis- disposition to do what we want to do to please ourselves, be our own little God, be rebellious to anything that's against our creator. That's just our nature, all right? But his nature cannot overlook our sin. Uh, his justice demands punishment. But God took that initiative, right? Um, he sent his son to die for us, right? Uh, um, John 3:16, right? We, we know the verse, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Um, Isaiah 9, 6 tells us he is the prince of peace, right? Right? Um, so so he, he's the one that brings that peace between us and the Father, between us and God. And we have that peace with God. Um, that's our standing, and that is our salvation through Christ. Turn to Colossians one twenty for me. So this first verse, we're talking about peace, right? Our standing with God. And we're going we're gonna to come back to Galatians here a little bit later. So if you want to bookmark that. But I'm just going to read a couple verses, and then I'm going to come back to it. And I can't even find it. Hey, yeah, there we go. I always had a hard time finding uh, Galatians, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians until uh, uh, Brother Stafford kind of gave me Gepsi. I'm like, oh, there we go. Now I, can, now I remember him. I always got kind of got him out of order. So he said, Gypsy. Like, better work. I've never forgotten that. But Colossians 1:20 um, and has. Through twenty-one, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now happy, reconciled? So I'm actually bookmarked that for myself. So we have this peace with God, right? And it's it's not just a mere peace of God that comes with it, no doubt. When we have that peace with God, um, you know, our attitudes, our lifestyle, um, we can rob ourselves of that peace, that peace of God but We can never lose that peace with God that per minute, that's permanent, that's going to stay. Um, so we have peace with God, right and then if we do what what's proper, what we do with right, we will have that peace of God as well. But my main point is we're peace with God. so our standing is due to an accord right it's due to that peace that God gives us. all right, verse two, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, let's read the whole thing. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. All right, so our, my, my next point, our standing brings access, right? So we stand in grace, which by definition, we all know the definition, we heard it. Um, it's what we could not or should not deserve, right? Um, instead, God's judgment is what we deserve, but he's, you know, because of his peace, he's given us grace instead, um, so how do we know we'll continue, or continue to stand in this grace or, con- or continue to endure? You know, this grace is not a temporary thing, just like the love uh, or the peace that we have with God. You know, this, this grace is not temporary. It's a permanent attitude of God towards us. Um, and it's demonstrated in his love, right? Just like my kids. You know, we may have a strained relationship or something like that, but they're still my kids. I'm still going to love them, Right? Uh, that standing is not going to be broken. Um, yes, the relationship may be strained, but the, the relationship's not going to. Well, this this grace is not a temporary thing because of His love. Romans, go down to verse six. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet pre for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All right, so Second Thessalonians, is turning there as well. So his love was demonstrated to us, and if his love is demonstrated to us and we receive his grace, he's not going to take that back from us. Second um, 2 Timothy 2.16. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, with hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. So we're not going to lose that. That grace is going to be permanent. Um, so what's our response to the knowledge of standing in God's grace? We should rejoice, right? So we got this grace. We should rejoice. And you look at, you know, verse 2. For whom also we have have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand, and rejoice in what? In hope, right? That hope is a deep confidence, right? Um, it's not a superficial confidence. It's a confidence... Um, I just lost my train of thought. So this, this hope is not like a child, you know, hoping they get a... a a particular birthday gift from their father, right? That's not it. That's not the anticipation. It's a a deep confidence. That's the meaning of that word hope. It's an expectation. We know it's going to happen. So we can rejoice in that. You know, we can look to the future, not with a misgiving or uncertainty. We can enter God's presence and his glory. So we should rejoice. Paul wrote previously in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All right. So now, we've been justified, our sins are forgiven, and we can experience God's glory, in part now, and in full later. Rejoicing over that, so rejoicing is the appropriate response to that. All right. So we should rejoice. So, there we go, I told you was quick, my, my first two points are done. So, looking at verse 3, our standing is assured. And this is where it's going to, possibly deviate a bit, and this one, we're going to spend a little bit more time on this one. So I'm going to give you two approaches on the on these next few verses. Uh, verse let's read verse three again. And not only and not and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. So how can such confidence be justified in the ignorance of the future? Right. So what the future by trial or tribulation, persecution, you know, we we don't know what's going to hold. So we can glory in tribulation, the Bible tells us. Paul's telling them, you can glory in tribulation. Really? Glory in tribulation. So how can Paul, and this is where the preacher had said this, how can Paul encourage believers to glory in tribulation if that tribulation would bring a loss of salvation? Right, something. If I was to do, you know, something was to happen to me, some tribulation, I lost my job or whatever, and I mean, it destroyed me, and I left the church. Would I lose my salvation? Right. Would so? How could Paul? If that could happen, how could Paul tell them the glory in it? Right. If I could lose my salvation, how could tell them the glory? And that was what the, uh, this preacher had said. I was like, hmm, that's an interesting thought. So he's telling them the glory in tribulation, but how could they if they could lose their salvation? Well, they're not. It's obvious. It's not. They're not. So um, so patience in our text, looking up the words, and this is where I really started digging in. I started looking at these words, looking at these Greek words, how they're used in other verses, right? And this is where my thoughts started changing a lot. But patience in our text it's not like how I normally would think of patience. You know, I've got to have patience with my kids. I've got to have the patience with the Anchorage drivers. You know, I, that's not really there. I mean, the word works, but it really means endurance. That's what the word patience means. So Paul's encouraging them that, yes, they're going to face temp- tribulation. They're going to face problems in this life, but they're for our benefit. And I believe there's, there's usually I believe this is applied for our our standing, or our state, right? Our current condition. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go there with that, because it does apply. But I think it also applies to our standing, all right? So let me explain. So we see there, tribulation works, achieves, accomplishes, patience. You know, it tells us, right? So it, it worketh uh, patience. And then, of course, patient works, achieves, accomplishes. Experience, experience works, achieves, accomplishes. Hope. And then as we go on, uh, I didn't read verse uh, 4 and 5 there, but hope, works, achieves, accomplishes, honor. You know, be not ashamed or not ashamed. Um, you, you know, you look at a commentary. I was like, okay, am I on the right track here? So I'm pulling up different commentaries. And all of them, I don't know if it's just because it's familiarity. They kind of just briefly talk about it. You know, this is for our good. We're going we're gonna to be better Christian, and, and they move on. I'm like, you're not digging into it. Dig into this. Because I'm, I'm trying to dig into this, understand this. So we know suffering produces endurance, right? So an athlete, they're trying to run a marathon. They're not going to get out there and run 26 and a half miles. Is that what a marathon is? I forget. So they're not going to get out there and run, run this marathon immediately. They're going to build endurance. They're going to have to suffer a little bit. They're going to, you know, go through it. I don't like to run. I don't like to suffer. Um, but that's how we're going to grow stronger. That's how we're going to grow that endurance with suffering. So it applies. So a true believer will weather the storm, and they're going to grow through those storms. So 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a, a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. We know that. It, it's, James 1 talks about it. This verse talks about it. You know, We can apply this there too as well. Um, so Paul knew what trial was. Right? He knew threats. He knew physical punishment. Uh, five times, I believe he said he received 40 save one stripes. He's been stoned. He's been shipwrecked. He's been thrown in jail. Dangers of travel. You know, so he's experienced what it is. is. Um, Second Corinthians 12, 9 tells us, And he said unto me, My grace, this Jesus speaking, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. What was Paul's response? Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So these tribulations definitely they're, going to, they're they're a help. So Paul found the grace of God sufficient to endure whatever it happens to be. So we know our know the assurance of our salvation rests in that promise that the Lord is not going to lose anything. Right? John six thirty nine tells us, then this is the Father's will which has sent me. That of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last day. So we're not going to lose it through, you know, through these tribulations that we're going to go through, the suffering we might focus. So that's a lot of preachers, or I, I won't say a lot of preachers, a lot of commentaries that I've read, and, and I've heard similar, you know, they talk about our state, our current, stand, our current state, right, whether we're working, serving God, we're being faithful, that's what they're talking about. But I don't think that's really what this deals with. The more I read through these chapters, proceeding after the verses, it just didn't seem to flow right to me, right? And then I started looking at the words. Now, Paul's talking about justification. He's going to get into, you know, these verses that we read. Then he's going to get into God's showing his love towards us. He's going into what sin is. Uh, so this just seemed like we switched gears and we're coming back. So, so I wanted to look at these in the I, instead of with the focus of state, but standing, right? So my my idea here is that we're standing. Uh, we have standing with God because of the peace. We have stand uh, standing. Oh, I forget what it was. Um, our standing brings access to God, right? We have access to Him, and then our standing is assured. So I'm I'm looking at this as our faith enduring our. Our salvation is assured. We're not going to lose it. And we can dig into this. We'll see. Um, Look at Romans 4.15. I thought this was probably a good verse to see this. And hopefully I can explain this well for you. So Romans 4.15, just a page over, maybe the same page if you're on it. Um, Because the law worketh wrath. So when we first used when I was first going through those, that tribulation worketh, achieves, uh, accomplishes, patience. So that's the same word there, same Greek word, for the worketh and worketh here. So you're saying the law brings wrath, accomplishes it, develops it? I don't think that's what it's saying. So continue reading that verse. Because the law worketh wrath, for where where no law is, there is no transgression. All right, so we have the law. What's it going to do? It's going to reveal the punishment, the wrath. It's going to show me, right? So that's where I think this word worketh in this case is. It's revealing, it's showing. Not necessarily accomplishing anything, not producing anything. I think it shows, pro- proves, or reveals. All right, um, Make sure I'm not losing my train of thought here. Okay, let's go back to Colossians 20. And I'll, I'll, I want to point this out. As I was reading, I came across this because, you know, there's many people will throw out different verses that says, oh, see, you can lose your salvation. And, if, and as I was reading through developing this thought, I came across this verse. So we read through 21. Uh, you that were, We'll start with 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, verse 22, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, colon, verse 23, if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled. So we have that if we stay grounded and settled? Is that what it's saying? I mean, that's you know, what it looks like in English. Right? If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, where I, of I, Paul, am made minister. I don't believe that's what he's saying there, right? He's not saying we can lose our salvation if we fall out of the faith, right? If we continue in the faith, then we have that stuff. So I was I was digging into that. That word if, that particular if in the Greek is only used five times in the New Testament. There's another Greek word, if, it's used multiple times. I didn't even get the count, right? So this one's used uh, only five times. Um, and in this case, it is preceding, which I found this from somebody else, so they're probably smarter than I am, um, because English has never been my best subject. What they said is in the Greek is an indicative verb. Not an imperative, not a command do this. This is an indicative. This is an assurance. This is the state. So what Paul is saying is essentially, if you continue in the faith, I know you're continuing in the faith. That's what he's saying. That's how it applies. Right? So if you continue in the faith, I know you are, then you're going to have these things. Right? So as we we looking in these words and what they mean, we can you know we can understand where, where the train of thought is. So going back to Romans five, so tribulation using verse Romans uh, five fourteen, understanding that you know there what may look like a contradiction. Once we understand the words how it's applied, I think we can look at verse uh, three, four, and five a little differently. Tribulation shows, proves, reveals patience or endurance. Patience shows, proves, reveals experience. Experience shows, proves, reveals the hope of the glory of God. And that a hope shows, proves, reveals that we do not need to be ashamed. All right. Let's look at it this way. So the patience. I said it, it means endurance, right? So tribulation shows, proves, reveals patience or endurance. Those tribulations are going to reveal our endurance. As those tribulations come, as others look at us, as we look at ourselves, you know, a tribulation comes, and we, we know we're saved. And what I think Paul is doing here is he's encouraging them to stay faithful, yes, but understand that when those tribulations come, you're going to endure it. You can look back at your life and go, yeah, all these things happened. I have an assurance of my salvation because I've come through them, right? So so it's going to show and improve our standing, our current standing with God, that we are saved. So our standing being peace with God is going to show that we're truly saved and truly a child of God. All right, so experience. And this word, it makes a little bit more sense. And I think when you look at some other verses, I think we talked about... Um, Previously, what was that one? 4.17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, work is for us far more exceeding in eternal weight of glory. Uh, You look at James 1. I think those definitely apply to us continuing in faith. But I think this one is more or less so in our our standing. And because this one has the word experience even thrown in there, right? So experience. Patient shows, proves, reveals the experience. Well, you look, okay, what is the meaning of the word experience in this case? What's the Greek word for this? Um, It has this idea of trustiness or proof. All right, so where else is this used? It's used four, uh, three, four, five, five other times other than this one. So it's only used once for experience, once for um, trial, and once for experiment. The other three times, just used for the word proof. The same Greek word. It's proof. All right. Um, so Second Corinthians two nine for for to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you. Same Greek word as experience. Uh, Whether you be obedient in all things. Second Corinthians three thirteen. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak but is mighty in you. That's they're wanting proof that. Paul had authority as an apostle there. So that's what they're talking about there. Philippians 2.22, talking about Timothy. But ye know the proof of him that as a son with the father he has served with me in the gospel. So this word experience is proof, right? Um, So going back, so that patience, that endurance is going to prove something. That's my point, right? So we're going to have these tribulations. We're going to have... Uh, the endurance when we come through them, and it's going to prove our standing with God. Um, all right, so now we go, go into hope. So this experience now shows, proves, reveals the hope of the glory of God. So we're like looped right back to verse 2, right? Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into, into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope. We're right back, where we pretty much right where we, we began. So we can have this hope because we're assured. We know we're not going to lose our salvation. We can hope. We have that confidence that we're going to continue. Um, so we can rejoice. Now, I didn't bring this out at the top, but this rejoice has this meaning of boasting. Right? So there's lots of different ways to you know, show rejoicing. Uh, um, I lost my train there. But, so rejoice has this meaning of boasting. But it's not a boasting of ourselves. It's a boasting of what God has done for us. Right? So we can boast in his goodness his, and by glorifying and praising his name. And we can boast of his goodness by testifying of what he has done. That's, um, so we can have that hope and we can rejoice in that hope by sharing that hope. So then that hope brings us to not being ashamed, right? Hope shows, proves, reveals that we do not need to be ashamed. Ashamed of what? As I was digging into this, I was really thinking how that, that could apply, right? I believe it's of the gospel. What he's talking about. He's talking about the gospel right through it. This is, as some commentary said, this is Paul's version of the, not Paul's version of the gospel. This is Paul's... Ah... Uh, Version is not the right word for it, but essentially the gospel according to Paul, right? How Paul is seeing the gospel as he's laying it out here. Um, So I believe this is that we're not to be ashamed of the gospel. So more than just boasting and praising God for what he's done for us and his goodness, I think, you know, as we're proclaiming God's word, that we're not ashamed in sharing what he's done for us. I've seen some commentators say, you know, we're not going to be ashamed in our tribulation. Why would we be ashamed of our tribulation if we know it's for our glory and it's working for us? That's the reason I think they were kind of off on that. I don't know. Um, As I dug in that, it just didn't make sense. So I think that this hope is going to allow us not to be ashamed of the gospel, that we can share it. And why do I say that? As we look at this next next verse, right, or the next part of this, verse five, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This shed abroad has this idea of gushing, to be poured out, right? So we're, we are to be a vessel of God's love that He is pouring out unto us. Second Timothy, chapter two, verses nineteen through twenty-one. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. So every good work. Right back to spreading that gospel. That's why we're here for, right? We're going to glorify God. If it was only to glorify God, he can take us out of here. And we can glorify him in heaven in a perfect body. We have a work to do. Right? We all do. And our work is to spread the gospel and not be ashamed of it. Have boldness. And we can have that boldness because we have went through the tribulation. We've looked back in our life. You know, we've we've got the endurance that we've gone through it. We've got the the proof, that experience, right? That... Boy, here I am. I'm a Christian. I've gotten through these things that God's put me through. You know what? God is good. I can have boldness. I'm not ashamed. I'm going to share His Word, right? So, yep, I'm definitely not the 50 minutes uh, like last July. So, in conclusion, we'll be done. Our faith will be kept until it becomes sight. We know that. Um, you know, we didn't get to choose the race that we run, right? We didn't. Choose, I was like, ooh, I got two options here. The race of prosperity or the race of tribulation? Yep, God set us for that one. He knew exactly what we needed. We're going to run this race of tribulation. Um, you know, Second Timothy three twelve. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We're going to face it, right? Um, you know, we can't live by faith if everything is going well. If everything's hunky dory and perfect, there's no reason to live by faith, right? Um, when those tribulations come, we can live by faith, and we're going to serve God. You know, God gave us that Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I heard this somewhere. God gave us that Holy Spirit to put the put on the happy face, Roy, uh, to represent God, and then endure the and then endure through those tribulations. So, I, I hope that was clear for you. Um, I, that I really believe that, you know. The verse 1 and 2, everyone definitely says, you know, that is our standing. Verse 3, 4, 5, we get in state, our current state, and then we're back to what God's done for us. I don't believe that. I believe all of that is what God's done for us. He's justified us. We can have the that assurance of our salvation and by looking to see how he's worked through our lives, right? You know, and you may be here tonight, you know, it's like... I I don't think we had any really first-time visitors. I know we got a lot of folks down from Fairbanks getting ready to go for the the men's retreat. Um, But, you know, you might be here tonight, you know, it's like, you know, I don't have that. I I don't have that peace. I don't have the peace of God, and that's because I don't have the peace with God. Um, You know, we're going to face the judgment, the Bible tells us, uh, when we die. All of us are going to die. It's appointed unto us. Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. You know, we're going to face God, and he's going to judge us. Romans tells us uh, that he's going to judge us based on his word. And if he ba- judges, judges us based on his word, we're all going to be found guilty. We're going to be cast into that lake of fire. We're going to be cast into hell. But, you know, he came. He died for us. We talked about it a little bit, his love. Romans is all through this of talking about His gift for us, right? He came here to the earth. He lived a perfect life and he died on that cross for us, right? He was our substitution. He took our place. He took our sin on himself and gave us his righteousness, right? And, um, completely free gift. All we have to do is ask for it in repentance and faith. You know, Christ, uh, well, was on that cross with the, the two, thir- two thieves, right? Um, the one riled, uh, riled on him, Christ ignored him, as far as we know, never said anything to him. That other one told that other thief, you know, you shut up, we deserve to be here. He acknowledged, he knew exactly what his state was, what his standing was. He knew he was going to go to hell. He knew that was it, what it was. He turned and looked at Jesus Christ, Remember me when thou enter into thy kingdom, right? Whatever the wording is, I think I got it wrong. Bible is recorded that Jesus looked at him and said, "Today thou shalt be with me in paradise." He didn't get down. He didn't get baptized. He didn't come to church, right? He didn't join the church. He said, "Oh, let me let me do some good works first, so that I can go to heaven." Right? All he did is put his faith in Christ and he repented, and that's all we have to do here tonight. Right? So you can have that enduring faith. You can have that peace with God. You can have that access with God. And you can be assured that heaven will be your home if you were to die today. If we could, have, have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll go into a time of invitation. You know, if, if that was you tonight, and I was preaching too, that I said, you know, if I was to die tonight, I don't know for sure that I would go to heaven. Or maybe, you know, I know for sure where I'm going, and it's definitely not heaven. You know, i like to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. And if you could just raise your hand. Simply raise your hand. I'll just pray for you. I don't see any hands than a few little kids. You know, Christian, if the Lord worked on your heart tonight, I hope this was clear for you. Um, Hopefully it was an encouragement, you know, that we, and, and I'm sure all of us knew it and know it, that, you know, our assurances, our salvation is assured. We will not perish. Um, but if the Lord's worked on your heart tonight, and just uh, ask you to come forward. And, Lord, we love you. We thank you. Just pray that you have your time in this invitation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to turn it back over to Greg now. I if you... We'll stand to our feet.